Welcome back to The Boy from Splendora, Texas by Wallace Gibbs. The Rabbits, Episode 4 The end of May 1979 rolled around and I finished my 7th grade year at Splendora Junior High School. The baby rabbit's fur came in and at 10 days they opened their eyes. To be honest, they were really, really cute as they learned to hop in and out of the wooden boxes they were born in. The very first Saturday of the summer was June 2nd. Daddy took me and Virgil down to Travis Barbershop and instructed Mr. Skiro to give us our yearly burr haircut that would be easy to maintain during the summer months. When we got home, Mama had set the table with lunch meat, freshly cut tomatoes, lettuce, and onions along with a pitcher of sweet tea and a pitcher of unsweet tea. A package of Fritos was also on the table. Wallace, Mama began, can you get the Miracle Whip and the mustard? Yes, ma'am, I said. Gail, would you and Charlotte put ice in the glasses and bring them to the table? Mama continued. Yes, ma'am, Gail and Charlotte said in unison. The six of us sat down at the table. Gina was off somewhere with George. It seemed that after she graduated last summer, we saw less and less of Gina during the week and on the weekends as her work at Chill Still and her forays with George kept her away from the house. Charlotte, would you please bless the food? Daddy asked. Father in heaven, Charlotte began, thank you for this food that we're about to eat. Please bless it to the nourishment of our bodies. Please bless the services tomorrow and give Brother Cherry the words that you would have him bring to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, we all said. Wallace, Mama began, take two slices of bread and pass the loaf around. I did as I was told and took two slices of bread, one of which was the heel or the end slice. I then took a butter knife and dipped it deep into the Miracle Whip jar and brought forth a dollop, which I placed on the heel piece of bread. I spread it around, making sure that there was ample coverage on all parts of the heel. I then selected a slice of bologna, which I then used my teeth to remove the plastic rind that served as the outer edge. I then put the plastic rind in my mouth and drug it through my closed teeth, scraping off any excess bologna that was still on it. Get up and put that in the trash, Wallace, Mama commanded. I scooted to the end of the bench where Virgil and I were seated and then hopped up, headed to the trash can, and flung the piece of plastic inside. Y'all hand your piece of plastic to Wallace so he can throw it away, Mama instructed. I walked around the table and collected the pieces from everyone. I didn't realize how disgusting it was to scrape the bologna off with your teeth until Virgil handed me his saliva-soaked plastic rind. Go wash your hands in the sink, Mama said. I turned around and headed to the kitchen sink and grabbed the ever-present bar of soap that sat on the side and quickly lathered up my hands, rinsed them, returned to the table, and took my seat on the bench again. Now that summer has started, Mama began, what are your plans? 
Virgil and I have Mrs. Daniels, Mrs. Ott's, and Mrs. Turner's lawns that we're going to mow this summer, I began. We're also starting an aluminum can collection to make some extra money. Also, Daddy told us that if we run across any car batteries, we can collect those and turn them in for scrap metal money as well. The other day, Uncle Gene gave us a battery that he had sitting in front of his shop. Daddy has offered to keep the church lawn mowed this summer, so you can help him with that as well, Mama said. I am planning to help with garden chores, the household chores, and do lots of swimming, Charlotte said. The same for me, Gail began. Also, Charlotte and I are cleaning the church building every Saturday, and then during the week I'll be working at Shill Still with Daddy and Gina. As the garden comes in, I'll need help picking vegetables and canning them, Mama said. I also want to go plum picking in early June so that I can make some plum jelly. I was wondering if you boys might want to take your Legos and build a small town out there on that big table in the swimming pool room, Gail inquired. Even today, Legos are one of my favorite toys. What would be even more fun than Legos was spending time with Gail. She would be a senior next year. This would be my last summer to have full access to her before we started to see less and less of her, like Gina. I would love to, I said. When do you want to start? We can collect everything this afternoon and take it out there if you want to, Gail stated. What do you have planned for today? Nothing, except swimming, I said. Okay, Gail said. Let's start gathering things after lunch. I think that I'm going to till up that section of garden by the pecan tree, Daddy said. Then I'm going to take a nap. You can count on it like clockwork that Daddy would always take a one to two hour nap on Saturday afternoons and Sunday in between church. When I was younger, Daddy would make me and Virgil take an hour nap every Sunday afternoon between church services. When I entered the seventh grade, I was no longer required to carry on this routine and could stay up all Sunday. We all finished lunch and took our plates to the kitchen sink. You know, I never thought about it until I started writing these stories, but the plates and glasses would magically disappear from the sink and reappear nice and clean in the cabinets later in the day. I never really appreciated the fact that Charlotte, Gail, and Gina were responsible for this task, and I'm truly grateful for what they did. I collected all of the Lego pieces in my room and put them in a cardboard apple box that I had kept after we ate all of the apples. Because of the size of our family, Mama and Daddy normally bought fruit in bulk. Sometimes they would get a box of oranges. Sometimes they would get a box of apples. As a family, any time that we wanted a snack, Mama would point to the box of fruit. When the FFA was selling boxes of fruit as a fundraiser, Mama would buy a box of grapefruit in addition to the oranges. This was a special treat for me because I liked the sour flavor of the grapefruit in comparison to the oranges. Some of the Lego that Virgil and I had was true blue Lego. The other pieces were a different type of plastic building block that was shaped differently than the Lego.
I gathered both sets of the building pieces and put them into the apple box, filling it halfway. Gail had already headed out to the area that we called the swimming pool room. It was an enclosed area between the old garage and the barn. Mama stored her button collection here, as well as other odds and ends. We used this area to change into and out of our swimsuits. When Daddy was building the barn and swimming pool, he even installed a toilet and sink in this area to serve as a convenient bathroom should anyone need to go, number two. I opened the metal door that led to the swimming pool room and saw Gail washing off the large rectangular table. Where do you want me to put this? I asked. Just set it down right there and grab one of those old towels and help me dry the table, Gail instructed. I did as I was told, and soon the Formica top on the table was nice and clean. Okay, Gail st started. Why don't you dump everything out in the middle of the table? Can we move the table from against the wall so that I can reach the middle from all sides? I asked. That's a good idea, Gail said. You get on one end, and I will get on the other. I went to the end of the table, closest to the door that I had just entered, and Gail went to the opposite end. Ready? Gail asked. Ready, I replied. We lifted the heavy table and slowly crab-walked it to the center of the room. I was still shorter than both Gail and Charlotte, so the ability to walk around the table was going to be beneficial to our building activities. Gail and I planned out a small town with a store, a gas station, a police station, a hospital, a fire station, and lots of houses. We spent most of the afternoon and into the early evening working on our project. Throughout the summer, Gail and I would be found out in the swimming pool room, adding buildings, taking things down, and moving things around. It was our masterpiece and something that I still remember and cherish from that summer a long time ago. In July, Gina and I went down to the Phillies to get the now young rabbits and bring them to our house. There were six rabbits in total, including an older male rabbit. We put each of the rabbits in their own cage. Thus, the 4-H project had begun. Of the six rabbits that we brought home, two were female and three were male. Then we had the older male rabbit as well for a total of six rabbits. Wallace, Mama shouted from the kitchen, it's time to get up and go let the chickens out. One of my eyelids cracked open and I saw Virgil still sleeping soundly in his twin bed on the opposite side of the room. My eyelid closed and I fell back to sleep. Wallace, Mama said sternly as she stood in the doorway to my room, go let the chickens out. Yes, ma'am, I said as I slid one of my legs from under the covers and let it touch the floor. Virgil, Mama said, it's time to get up. Virgil didn't stir. Virgil, Mama said more sternly, get up. Virgil stirred in his bed. I got on up, put on my blue jeans and a t-shirt, headed through the living room and out the back garage door to the chicken yard. As I entered the chicken pen, I noticed that their water was low and it was filthy. 
I headed to the chicken house and saw that all of the chickens were anxiously waiting for me to arrive to let them out. The moment that I opened the door, two or three of the hens made a beeline to the watering trough. I'll put some fresh water in there in just a minute if you old biddies can be patient, I said. First, I checked to make sure that there was plenty of chicken pellets in the galvanized chicken feeder that was suspended from the ceiling of the chicken hutch by a metal wire. Several of the chickens walked over to the feeder and lazily pecked at the chicken pellets inside. I made a mental note that I would need to bring the 50-pound bag of Lone Star chicken pellets from the old garage down here this afternoon. I peered inside the chicken house to make sure that everything was okay and that there weren't any injured chickens or any eggs inside. All was good and I headed to the chicken trough, which was a half of a 25-gallon drum that had been cut lengthwise. One side was used for the chicken waterer and the other side was used for the water trough for the pigs, Wil Wilma and Wilbur. I dumped the contents of the trough turned on the water spigot, took the end of the hose and put my finger over the top of it to create a jet of water that I used to rinse out the trough. I set the trough back into place and started to fill it with clean, fresh water. Several hens, including the three from earlier, headed over to where I was. They would stick their beaks into the clear water, then pull their beak out, arching their neck, so that the water would go down their throat. They would repeat this procedure several times until their thirst was quenched. I checked the egg hutches to make sure that there were no eggs inside and then headed back to the house. When I entered the utility room, I could smell waffles cooking in Mama's big square waffle maker. I sat down at the end of the table. Did you wash your hands? Mama asked, knowing the answer already. No, ma'am, I said as I got up and walked to the back of the house. When I returned, there was a huge waffle on my plate, still hot to the touch. I took the waffle and broke it into four smaller waffles as I tore it along the border lines. I then took a large dollop of butter and put on the bottom piece. Then I doused it with syrup. I repeated this procedure with the remaining three pieces until my plate was flowing with butter and blackburn syrup. I went to the refrigerator, retrieved the gallon of milk, and poured myself a full glass. This was one of the few times that I voluntarily drank milk. For some reason, at all other times, the taste of milk makes me gag. Gina can drink it at every meal. Mama will sometimes put a piece of cornbread in her milk and eat it with a spoon. Not me, and most certainly not Charlotte. We were not the milk drinkers in the family. I put the first bit of the waffle in my mouth. After breakfast, Daddy began as he looked directly at me, I want you and Virgil to help me slaughter those three male rabbits. Even though I knew that you couldn't keep so many male animals in a farm setting, this was still hard to hear. I had always known that you never get attached to an animal, except for horses and my pet chicken, Jekyll. Even the exotic chicken varieties that Mama had bought for me on my 12th birthday were not exempt from the freezer.
Yes, sir, I said. How long will that take? Shouldn't take more than an hour, Daddy replied. Virgil, Daddy, and I finished breakfast, and the three of us headed out towards the persimmon tree behind the barn. Wallace, Daddy began, run around to the front of the barn and come release those levers for these two back barn doors. Yes, sir, I said. I took off running, rounding the corner of the barn, and headed to the front doors, which were already open. I ran through the center of the barn, onto the dirt area where the rabbit cages were, and reached down to release the door stakes that held the barn doors in place. I then released the latch that kept the doors closed. The huge doors groaned as they swung open on their giant steel hinges. I won't go into the slaughtering process for rabbits, as it is superfluous to this story. I will tell you that even today I don't like slaughtering animals, even though I understand the need for it in order to have food on my table. Virgil and Daddy would do the killing part, while my job was to hold the hapless victim. If you ever eat fried or baked chicken with me, you will notice that I completely clean a chicken bone because I understand the value of the life that was given so that I can eat. Just like Daddy had said, the job took us only an hour. The three of us walked into the utility room with the three fully dressed rabbits, which Mama took from us and began to process so that they could be stored in the freezer. I thought we needed those rabbits to breed the females so that we have rabbits to show at the Montgomery County Fair, I said. That's what the other buck rabbit is for, Daddy said. Those three were brothers to the female rabbits, so you can't breed them to each other. Later today, we're going to put the remaining buck in the cage with one of those female rabbits so that he can breed her. Then tomorrow, we'll do the same thing for the second female. What are we going to do with all those rabbits that are born? I asked. We'll work with Mrs. Philly to cull the rabbits that are not up to standard and use those for meat production. Then the others will be bred until we have enough for the Montgomery County Show, Mama interjected. Also, Mr. Hahn is bringing over a doe rabbit today to be bred by that buck. He should be here in an hour. Okay, Daddy began. Let's go get that buck rabbit and put him in the cage with the first female. Virgil and I followed Daddy back to the barn. Daddy grabbed the buck rabbit and put him in the cage with the first female. I learned a lot about breeding rabbits that summer. Up until that point in life, the only male animals that we had on our place was Wilbur, the pig, the roosters, and the male ducks. Around one o'clock, Mr. Hahn showed up to the house with a rabbit in a cage. Wallace, Mama began, go get that rabbit from Mr. Hahn. I want you to take her and put her in the cage next to the buck so that they can get used to each other. Good morning, Mr. Hahn, I said as I exited out the front garage door. Morning, Mr. Hahn said. Where do you want me to take this rabbit? Mama told me to take it to our pens. I said as I reached to take the small wire cage from Mr. Hahn. She said for you to come on inside. Why, thank you, Mr. Hahn said. 
I took the rabbit cage and went to the back of the barn with it. I reached into the cage and grabbed the rabbit by the scruff of its neck as I was taught. I was about to put him in the cage when I spotted what appeared to be two testicles. Surely Mr. Hahn knows what he's doing, I thought to myself, but if I were a betting man, I think this a boy rabbit. It's funny sometimes that even though I instinctively knew that Mr. Hahn's rabbit was a male, I overrode that instinct because Mr. Hahn was an adult and should know what he was doing. I put the rabbit in the cage and never said a thing. Sure enough, later that week when Gail went to put the two rabbits together, she came back into the house to announce what I already knew. How could Mr. Hahn miss such a thing? Needless to say, I learned a lot about the facts of life during the summer of 1979. This concludes Episode 4 of The Rabbits by Wallace Gibbs.